Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alstead, sitting down with Keith Myers, and uh, we're just going to have a fun conversation today uh, about the Seattle Seahawks. Welcome into the show, Keith. Uh, it's happy holiday time. It Merry is. Christmas. It's almost the new year. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, for the first time in a very, very long time, uh, really kind of suck. And um, we're now mm-hmm. experiencing that and what that's going to be like entering the off season. So we have a few mental constructs to create in our brains to kind of get over that hurdle a little bit and move on. But uh, here we are. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's an interesting spot to be in because we haven't been here in a while. Um, there was the one year when they went nine and seven, that was a major disappointment and Pete Carroll fired his whole coaching staff over it. Um, and this is going to be far worse. This is the first losing season, uh, that they've had, uh, the last since 2011, you know, they've, they've been, they've had a winning record every year since then. It's been a decade. Describe far worse to me. Like is is far worse to you, um, actually far worse or is it better for the franchise or does far worse actually really mean nothing? Like they just literally press the reset button and kind of go into year two of this project thinking that they have a few refinements to make. And that's kind of maybe the option they might choose. I mean, I'm just talking percentage wise, like what do you think uh, 
it's a 50 50 thing or it's 75 percent they're going to go for it this this much or it's really just kind of minimal i honestly don't know um because i don't know um you know, I, I just don't know the direction that the team's going to take with this because you've got... Um, and nobody does. Nobody knows. Nobody it's, knows. And, and it comes down to the fact that we have, we have an owner um, and she is off camera. She's involved. She's got people around her. She's talking with people. She's, she's got not the same people, though, around her that have been around the franchise for a while. True. That have um, made intricate decisions inside the, 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 the organization, but we just yeah. don't know what that looks like from the top. What I was trying to say though, is, is that she's, she's not an absentee owner. This isn't um, a situation where, yeah, she owns the team, but she's gone and not involved at all. She is, she's there. She just doesn't come out on camera. She doesn't speak to the media. Um, she doesn't speak to um, the fans. There, there's just nothing coming from her. So we don't know her mindset. Um, and that's really the what it comes down to is that we just don't know because we don't know her um, and we don't know how she's going to make this decision um, and all of that. But there's a couple of things. One, uh, there was a report, I believe it was from Schefter, that says that she doesn't view this as a one year like blip, that this isn't just a one year thing. Um, we also don't know um that you know how she views going from okay first hold place on. i want i'm gonna pause can i pause you just for half a second i just want yeah. to clarify to make sure that everyone understands exactly what you just said you're not saying that it's a one year uh we're gonna let this go one more year because it's only been one year Be so you're yeah. not talking about future years added to this one like blip yes this so is what a we're saying three is or four year run where We've had diminishing returns, even though our record improved prior to this year, it was still one of those less than optimal overall yeah, packages. Um, she, she sees that this is a, the, the report was that this is a fall off that was inevitable because of problems the last two or three years. Um, even though the record got better and that kind of stuff. There's also talk that, uh, and this came from, uh, Sean Michael Dugar, who used to be with, I think, the News Tribune and is now with The Athletic. Um, and he was saying that, you know, when you go from first place in the division to last place in the division, um, that at some point there has to be some accountability. Um, and that his, you know, being around the team every day is that there's some there's belief that there is um there are going to be some changes made the other side to all of that is that um pete carroll got an ex got a large extension one year ago um and john snyder got and how do you justify those things given the idea that this is not just a one-year thing like yeah see that's the that's if, if the, these are two things that just don't line up right and keith let me let me point this out here you and I are, and we're pretty smart guys. We've been around the team a long time. We've watched a lot of football. It's hard for us to diagnose this team, this situation, these last three or four years. 
these are very complicated, intricate, woven um, situations that are interrelated, interlocked. Not any one particular thing is the mm -hmm. problem. And so that is a, a difficult situation because uh, the bottom line is you and I have even less access to Michael Sean Duger um, as far as your, you know, the intricacies of daily activity inside the team. And with that level of access, it is difficult to pinpoint other than what you see on the field results, what's going on. Yeah. And so um, that to me is the largest factor that indicates to me that there's going to be less activity, I think, than people think. I think it's going to be one of those years where there might be a level of frustration at, in February when we realize that the coaching staff has not changed and Russell Wilson's still the quarterback and we still don't have a first round draft pick and our hands are going to be somewhat tied to the salary cap and, and the draft to improve the team. And we're going to listen to a coach that's going to say, um, you know, we were pretty decent on defense and we just couldn't sustain drives. We need to improve our efficiency on third down, essentially recycling, recycling the same arguments that we heard in the 2020 off season. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we are kind of getting ourselves set up for that scenario. That's, that's a, that's a pretty accurate take as far as what's going to happen. I, in my opinion, in part because Pete Carroll has, um, has authored the most successful run in franchise history and one of the more successful runs in NFL history. Um, and with that, you don't get, you don't get canned with after one bad year, especially with three more years on a contract um, and all of that. So and, it, and it, a quarterback, that's a franchise quarterback that's got two years remaining on his deal. Mm -hmm. And when you really think about it, if you really, really be, are honest with yourself and not reactionary, and I'm not talking about you, I'm just talking about the fan base in general, um, you hone in on a, a few things that are really at, at the heart of the issue. And, and, and those things are the play of Russell Wilson, yep. integrating a new offensive coordinator and scheme and not having the, 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 right personnel at the right positions to execute the scheme both offensively and defensively so to yeah. me if you really look at it it's more of a offensive line situation because an offensive line creates all sorts of issues if it's not performing at the highest levels and i think we see that mm -hmm. in different areas we can talk about that all off season and then on the defense it's the same you know, there's certain trench positions that make yep. other positions work properly in the back end. And the corner, and the cornerback is definitely a problem. Right. So if, so if you really hone in on correcting personnel situation issues on this team, I think this team improves. Without any coaching scheme changes or coaching changes at all, just personnel. So mm -hmm. we just have a talent deficit. You know, yeah. and I don't know if it's a John Schneider problem, if they constructed the roster incorrectly in the offseason, if certain players were expected to perform at certain levels and then did not. Well, that's a, definitely a problem. That's definitely a problem. So all of that is 
for for me, I think wins out in the offseason. Not necessarily because I want it to, but because that's just the way it is. It's the reality. Um, should change happen? We can have that debate. Absolutely, for sure. And we will. Um, but I'm not sure that the change is going to come in the way that everyone expects it to come. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're in a position where they don't have a first-round draft pick, but they've got a lot of other picks. And um, John Snyder has done his best work in the middle rounds anyway. Um, and then the other part of it is that you've got uh, a lot of salary cap space and a lot of salary cap space that isn't automatically eaten up by big name guys that you have to resign, right? Um, and you have a big Brown, piece in um, Bobby Wagner that we need to talk about. I mean, yeah. for me, that would be the the, the one thing that I yep. think we probably have to talk about. Yeah, so it comes down to um, I mean, there's there, we can talk about the on-field product, but I think the the franchise team philosophy and where they're going and all of that <clears throat> is the the kind of the more important conversation right now. And I'm looking at all of this, and it's a conversation that you and I've been having for a year now about that this roster is constructed poorly. Not the, I I don't know the, the talent deficit, and people talk about that. There's a lot of talent on this roster. But the lot there's a lot of talent in places that just don't make sense. Um, why are you loading Absolutely. up? Why why are you loading up resources at safety if you can't rush the passer and you can't cover anyone? Um, you know why are you loading up the roster at tight end where they're really deep if you can't block anyone up front? Or um, Russell Wilson can't throw to them. Yeah, um, and so you've got. You, you, there's just there's so there there it's just weird um you build a championship roster in the trenches and a, you know quarterback trenches and then you go uh the flashier positions the way and if you really think about that keith we haven't done that for three or four or five years yeah i mean no we if you really take a look at the root problem mm -hmm. that is the root problem yep the, the, and they, the they way thought that they the started to fix it this year they start they, they thought they started to fix it this year they um were able to bring back dunlap they signed uh hater they they did that they they traded for gabe jackson on the offensive line um it, it felt like they were making this transition uh but the problem was is one of the things you talked about is there are certain players they expected to play up to a certain level and they haven't dunlap's play from last year to this year has fallen off a cliff yeah he had um, a great game but that, that aside yeah um you know Dwayne Brown spent the first half of this year looking like a shell of himself. He's been a little bit better recently, but he's been bad. Um, speaking of shells, shells play, um, which was good in the first half of last year, then fell off after his injury, has not been good at any point this year. Um, and it, there, there are people who are expected to play at a certain level, and they just have not. Um, Hyder, you know, we just mentioned he's a guy who hasn't lived up to, to, you know, his expectations or, or any of that. It's been, yeah. it's been a rough, it's been a rough year for a lot of veteran players with the Seahawks. And, and yet we still, you know, statistically are halfway decent defense, at least as, as far as points is concerned, um, yardage. Yeah. We're giving up tons of yardage all over the place. Um, mm -hmm. Tons that's of just time kind of the way that, yeah all that really stuff. long drives and i think that you know and and the bottom line is 
And that is a result of coaches making conscious decisions to, to, to do it this way. Mm -hmm. um, because they could try a different way, but they believe that the way that they've put the defense out there and give up those short yardage things and go into these prevent kind of um, zone schemes is this the, giving us the best opportunity to win. And I, it, it, it comes down to they just don't have any other choice because they just don't have the personnel, you know. Yeah, Otherwise, yes, they would do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's true. Um, and you and I have both gone, gone around on Ken North. Yeah, we have. Yeah. But it's Pete so, Carroll's defense. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and it, so it's Pete Carroll's scheme and all of that. But we we don't know what got behind what's going on, you know, in those meetings and how much Pete Carroll is interjecting. Hey, I want you to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, we can say, oh yeah, it's Pete Carroll's defense. Um, but we've also seen Pete Carroll's defense operate differently. It operated very differently under Dan Quinn. Um, it operated differently under uh, Chris Richard. So it's been well, and the difference is Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman it kind and of, Cam yeah. Chancellor. Well, true. Um, and Michael Bennett. <laughs> Michael you know, and you Michael can name Bennett a couple other and Cliff Averill right, and right. Um, and McDonald in the middle, with who's kind of underrated. You know, I mean, there was various pieces. Yeah, Jaron Reed as a rookie. I mean, there were there were other things going on there that made that defense great. But you know, when you can lock down the back third of the, the defense and then one side completely, and you're only defending like half of a field, it's kind of crazy how how good your defense can be. Yeah. So, but I mean, at the same time, like we, um, when I say opera, I don't even mean do production. I mean like blitzing and and creativity and some of yes, those things. Of course. Um, Vanilla on both sides, by the way, of mm -hmm. the ball this year. Very, very well, and, vanilla. And I feel like the on the offensive side, they they felt like they have to because you once Wilson got hurt, um, the the offense fell apart because not only did Wilson get hurt, but you lost Chris Carson, your running back. Penny has um, been non-existent until the last couple of games, and even this last game, he disappeared for over a half because of he got banged out, but he did come back, which was a good sign. But still. Um, so they've had no running game um, to speak of. Uh, Wilson isn't as mobile as he used to be. He doesn't have that speed to get away from guys. And so you got no running game. You've got a less mobile quarterback than he is used to. Um, and you've got some offensive linemen that just can't block. And, and they couldn't block someone on Twitter. Um, and you've and, got Russell Wilson add, add to the mobility issue. Now you've got Russell Wilson struggling to somehow find his arm or his, you know, his finger is impacting his ability to throw accurately. And yeah, he's, this decision is making is coming into play. And it's like, something's going on there and we don't really know. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of at play there. I mean, there's, there's a lot of issues. There were, what was, there was a three game stretch in there when he first came back where he wasn't looking downfield. You watch his eye level on all the replays and he's watching the pass rushers. You can't win that way. You can't now he's looking downfield and he can't get the ball downfield. Like what's yeah. going on with that? Yeah. And that's, that's weird. I mean, he's, this is a guy that has, since he came into the league has had the best deep ball in the yeah. NFL. And, and it's not year. just a drop off dude. I watched film from early in the season. He was fine. Yeah. So something's going on physically and, and or mentally 
uh, with Wilson right now that's really impacting I think, things. I think it's physically. I think it's his. I think it's his hand. I mean, he had that um, finger surgery and rushed back way too fast, and and all of that. I think it's going to take some time for him to get that back. But while you're waiting for that that accuracy and that that you know just precision on those deep balls to come back, you've got to be able to do something else. And this offense can't. I mean, it. Like I said, it doesn't Absolutely. have. A, it, they don't have it. a they don't have a running game, so they don't have a play action game, which is supposed to be like a huge chunk of this offense. Um, you know, between the running game and the play action, that's like sixty percent of your playbook that that's not available and not working. And so, um, and it's hard. And we've talked about this too: is how much do you assign this to Shane Waldron? And it's almost it, impossible as an outsider to to understand yeah. on daily what's going on in there and if he's doing the job that is he's supposed to be doing and and it's just a failure of a whole bunch of different things and not Mm -hmm. attributed to him specifically it's hard to know because the play calling is has looked great at times like the 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 inventiveness of the routes and all that stuff i appreciate those things the intricacies that you see but they're so far and few between now that it's and it's so it's been so scattered and never really had enough yep. reps consistently over the course of games to even get an idea of how the offense is set up in the first quarter to make sure that it works effectively in the fourth quarter. It's just it's so disjointed that it's impossible. It really is. Yeah, it really is. And and so you look at it and um early in the year, a lot of it I, I I still feel a lot of the offensive inconsistency can be attributed to the fact that the defense couldn't get off the field. And so it, exactly. you, know, you, you know, you have a, um, a 12 minute drive given up by the defense. That's a lot of time. Um, yes. you know, I keep bringing this up on the show, but there was the, there was a, in one game, I think it was a Tennessee game where they, they had three possessions in the second half. That's, that's why it. I think three. that you Shane Waldron comes. That's why I think that Shane Waldron is back. I think a lot of people are going, Shane, he's gone. It's like, I don't think so. And, yeah. and I think it really does, it's going to take a very deep dive by not only this staff, but by executives in this organization to understand exactly what's happened and create a roadmap for, for going forward. Um, because it's it's not going to be an easy fix, but it's going to, it's it's going to happen. I mean, if you if you want to say anything, whatever about Pete Carroll, one thing you can't say is he's a tremendous strategic visionary and understands the game of football and how all levels of football work together, and he's a master at that. And so they will try to put something together that works. It's just they just don't have it this year. They just don't. Mm-hmm. And now a word from our sponsor. DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, so, and, and um, I think ultimately, like just continuing this conversation, it comes down to um, what does Jody Allen want? Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I don't think Pete Carroll is being fired. That doesn't mean Pete Carroll will be back. Well, let's take a look at this. So let's take a look at the blow it up option. So what are the advantages of blowing it up? And what are the incentric cautionary tales of a team like the Seahawks blowing it up just because? Um, the advantages of blowing it up is you recognize that what you've got um, will never work. And so starting over, it's about accumulating resources, including cap room and that kind of stuff as far as a roster perspective, but it's also about bringing in new people because what you've got is never going to work. And I think that you've got to look at that and make a decision on that. And I think a bunch of fans, especially Seahawks Twitter, which is not representative of the rest of the fan base, will tell you that um, it, there's so much, too much evidence that it, that they can't, this is not a group that will ever make it right, despite you know evidence to the contrary in the Super Bowl win that they do have. Um, and so that's i mean that's kind of what what it comes down to is is you can rebuilding right you 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 get cheap you get young and you plan ahead and you accumulate draft picks and you develop talent and and you you go about that route um in a way to basically accelerate the growth of the the roster um and then yeah coaching staff side of it i I'm not a huge fan of that in this case, simply because there's a lot here. There's a lot of there's a lot of talent. You so blowing play. up would be a complete change on the coaching staff, mm-hmm. and and or uh, Russell Wilson as well. So that would yeah. be the significance of that. Is you the, would start over. You would use Russell Wilson as capital to infuse the offense with young talent. Start over literally from scratch and new team Seahawks 2022. So the, the, okay. So then there's the half blow up. There's the new, new coaching. So Jody Allen comes in and says, we're relieving you of your duty. Uh, new coaching regime, Russell that, Wilson stays, John Schneider stays. So that would be an option. Yeah. So that, that would be an option. Um, at the same time, um, I don't think either of those are are a possibility because Jody Allen's not going to come in and just be like, guess what, Pete, you're, you've been fired. Um, given all the stuff we've already talked about, this is the longest successful run uh, in, in franchise. Is there history. a way? Is there a way out that, dig, that 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 creates a dignity situation where that happens? Yes, and that actually was where I was hoping we would take this because there is a situation where. Uh, Jody Allen comes in and um, says, this isn't working. We've been deteriorating for too long. 
we need to rebuild. We need to um, jettison some assets. We need to focus on the draft. We need to rebuild this roster. Let's plan on a two, uh, a two-year down, third-year we'll be back uh, situation. And Pete Carroll says no. And he says, I'm 70. I don't want to do that. I think we're closer than you think. All of that. And she goes, yeah, but it's my team. And I want to, re- I think we need to rebuild. And then they just agree to that Pete's going to find a different opportunity or he's just not going to be a part of a rebuild. And he walks. Um, so he makes the public decision as opposed to being fired. I don't think, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a situation where after one year that best coach in franchise history gets fired because of one bad year Mm -hmm. um and i agree with that but i do think that you have we have a situation where um the powers that be above that coach could say hey i want us to do it this way and he is just like yeah i don't agree and i don't want to be like i don't want to sit through a three-year rebuild and neither does russell wilson possibly so let's talk about that aspect of it yeah Let's talk about Russell Wilson's timeline. So A, contract-wise, B, playing career-wise, C, current roster, mm-hmm. current coach, rebuild. Does Russell, you know, there's been all sorts of speculation out there. And I'm not going to speculate, but. Um, all, the, all the speculation is entirely speculation with zero. Yes, correct. Zero reporting, zero right. evidence. It's just all, all that most stuff. Of it it's is just what, out there. Most of it is what people want to believe and nothing else because there's Correct. no reporting. Correct. So, so, but the fact remains that it is an asset. So Russell Wilson mm-hmm. remains an asset. He's the largest asset on the team. Uh, he's got a contract that's possibly movable and he's he had, would have an attractive return. That's mm-hmm. the, those are the, so that's the framework, but you, it's, you look at, you have to that, look at it as you're right. You have to look at it as what's the timeline. If the timeline is two more, two down years and come back the third year, whether Wilson wants to leave or not, it might be in the team's best interest to move him because three years from now, he'll be 35. But Um, he'll be under team control if you include like a franchise tag year. Oh, of course. He's got, because he's got two years of team uh, of contract and then two years of um franchise tags you, you can keep him around for four years so he would still be here i'm not saying that i'm saying when you get done with a three-year rebuild you're talking about a quarterback who has succeeded greatly on his athleticism who will now be 35 yes um and and expensive yes but i, I that doesn't matter when you're fr- with a franchise quarterback i'm just thinking like you're looking at three years from now is he the guy you want to be um, at the heart? If you rebuild a roster and then, but your quarterback play is deteriorating, you're going to just get yourself in a situation where you're going to need to rebuild again because you lose your quarterback and you can't win without a quarterback. Um, and so if, if that's the timeline, if the timeline is three years and you can accelerate that process by, you know, trading him for, um, you know, three first round picks and some middle round picks and you just go nail the, um, you know, the draft and, and, and you become a young, hungry, cheap team, add some veteran free agents because you can afford them now. And you just build the roster like they did in 2011 and 2012. 
um, then you're ready to roll um, as long as you can find Boy, a that's, quarterback. Yeah, that's yeah, right. And as, and you know, and you know the history before Russell Wilson of this franchise. Yeah. So it's 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 hard. It's hard, and you'd have to nail it. You'd have to nail it, and then of course, I think if you're moving on from Russell Wilson, you're going through a rebuild and stuff. Chances are Pete Carroll's gone. You've got a new coaching regime, et cetera. So that's a those are a lot of unknowns. Now it's fun as a you know as a as a fan as a podcast host to speculate about such things, <laughs> and it's it's wild and it's crazy. Um, if you go look at the draft capital that that would generate, um, and you go say instead of uh, drafting for the Seahawks this year. Go plug in the New York Giants uh, to a mock simulator and go run that and and have fun with that. And that's and you add that draft capital into the Seahawks draft capital existing already, and you can kind of speculate as to what that would turn into. Uh, fun stuff, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make your team any better necessarily, um, at least in the short order of things. So, not only does it not make your team better, but you have to you have to account for with the draft capital any future draft capital that you're thinking of is going to be worse than you think it's going to be because Wilson's going to make that team significantly better. And it's so only that, going to hit 50% of the time, no matter how you look at it, probably. That's also true. So um, there's that part of it. And then, so one of the things that I was looking at is how did we get here? Um, and people are saying, well, there's, you know, there's been been some bad drafts and all of that, but I think it's, it goes deeper than that. Um, and the reason why they've had some bad drafts has been, because of the way that they've drafted. And you look at, um, they traded away draft assets to get Percy Harvin, um, which that trade obviously didn't work out both because of injury and attitude. But the other half of that, which isn't talked about as much, is that trading for Percy Harvin also meant letting Golden Tate walk. Now, Golden Tate was probably going to walk because of some... um, other locker room issues, but uh, from a talent perspective, not only did you trade for that, but you also let another player walk. And then it took until Tyler Lockett before that, that talent was replaced. It took a while, you know, they traded assets for um, Jimmy Graham and then ultimately let him walk. Um, Now there was a, a, a contract extension involved. So it took a couple of years, but because of injury, um, he wasn't ever what they wanted him to be, but so they traded all those assets. They didn't get a great return, and then ultimately let him walk for nothing. Sheldon Richardson. Ex- Sheldon Richardson. They, they traded a um, yeah, they traded a bunch of assets to get a player for one year, and then let him walk. Right. Um, this is how your roster deteriorates. And you have an expensive quarterback that's taking resources away from other allocations. Yeah, you have if you have. If you're going to spend a chunk, a big chunk of change on your quarterback, which is the right thing to do because you can't win without a quarterback, correct? Um, whether people want to yeah. admit that or look not, at Green, look at Green Bay, just a, as a counter. They win. Saying. They win despite an expensive quarterback. Um, the Saints won despite an expensive quarterback until this year. Um, and you know, there, there's been a lot of teams that that have continually won. Um, all of Peyton Manning's teams have won despite yeah. having an expensive quarterback. And we've had a damn good run. Let's yeah. just let's just put so, it out there. So let's not let's let's not I don't want to overstate that part because you can't win without a quarterback, so you can't win without an expensive quarterback. Um like unless you 
you know, lightning in a bottle and you happen to have those two or three years where you've got a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal, but even, but that run ends, you have to learn yeah. to, to, and, and so you, when you have that, you're not going to be replacing everyone via free agency. You've got to be able to hit on some drafts and the CX constantly traded away draft capital um, for marquee players that either didn't give them the return or then turned around and left uh, Clowney and, and Sheldon Richardson are the, are the two biggest names mm-hmm. and were never replaced. And you have were, an underperforming situation currently on the roster with Jamal Adams. Yeah. And, and so, and ultimately he, you know, is he going to, going to walk? Um, or is he going to injure himself off the roster? Yeah. Um, and so you've traded away all this draft capital for guys that you, that for the most part haven't performed, but then, and then left, they left and they left you with nothing. And because you didn't have those first round picks to go draft good players, um, you're left with nothing, right? And, so you and neither the player you nor look the, at, and you add the first round failures that we've had. Yeah. Which haven't been many except for the times when they let, uh, Tom Cable, um, well, you, if you add in, you know, the, um, McDowell pick, yeah, unfortunately. And if you add the call your reach and you add the penny situation, that's what I'm talking about. It's yeah. like, those just missed. We just missed on those three. Guys. Those three are, 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 t- I, I don't know with McDowell, you're talking about it. They were in the second round and. And if um, I, you know, you add, you know, you continue to add, I'm just saying that there's yeah. been some failure then as far as we just haven't hit on those things mm-hmm. you know you want to hit at least on half of those things we haven't hit on four out of the last six or so yeah i mean you look i mean obviously lockett was a hit yes um, but he was a third you know, rounder brooks was a hit yeah. um you know daryl taylor has been a hit absolutely um, so the idea that this team misses on everything, I think, is no. It doesn't one. miss on everything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. it's hard because we, in addition to what you've said on, there have been there the have value been we've missed on the the top end picks that we've had, and and a lot of them, like with Penny. I mean, we when he's healthy, which we saw the last couple of games before the you know um, this Rams game, when he's healthy, he's a damn good player, and yeah. this is a guy that's never had any injury issues, high school, college, ever before. And when you, yeah, and when you pick at the end of the first round consistently over many many years, um, those picks are going to be less valuable than your top fifteen picks. They just are, and you're going to hit even half of them. Yeah, your your hits are going to be are going to be less often. Um, And so there have been some reaches where they they look at a guy and they they're like, okay, there's some like Malik McDowell is a great a great example. He was a guy that you knew had some character flaws, and you were. you were taking a chance on that because yeah, I don't, I don't diminish that pick. I think that that was a fine pick at the time. It just didn't. Yeah. The, the, the physical talent is there and you're hoping that he can keep his head on straight. Yeah. Um, and that's what to... you do at the end of the rounds, you know, yeah. when and you're that was coming a, off, that was, that was coming off of, that was, and that was coming off a of Super Bowl appearance and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of take those chances yeah. because you're in a position as a franchise where you can't. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're they were picking it, you know, uh, pick fifteen, you don't you don't take that risk. You don't need no. to because the t- you can get the talent with uh, the stuff between the ears that with the, know, the same time. Right. But when you're right. picking at you know uh, the late forties, I believe is where he was picked. 
you're looking for that first round talent. Um, but there's a reason why he's still on the board and he, you know, did some stupid stuff, ended up with a brain injury and, um, lost third, was it 60 pounds or something and, or 40 pounds. I can do math. Um, and, uh, ended up out of the league. I guess he's back in small, you know, a rotation. He's put some of the weight back on and all of that, but yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm glad he's having an opportunity, but nonetheless. Okay. So you're, your your idea you want to talk about this a little bit more as to why we're here so mm-hmm. kind of round round that up now and kind of finish that argument off i just think that this has been a team that has been looking at this year right and then that when that year ends it's okay this coming year and then every, they've been looking right now for too many years in a row um and not worrying about what's in front of them um, as far as with their draft capital and their spending and all of that, that's like, how do we win right now? Um, and how did they get lost in, in philosophy? Because, you I don't know, think Pete Carroll, Carroll believes in the trenches. Yeah, but he's a trench guy. He knows how to build a, a, a defense a, specifically. He knows what he's doing on building a, a roster. We saw the roster construction from Pete Carroll and John Schneider uh, mm-hmm. very successfully over the years. We know that they know how to do it. How did they get what I'm, my question is, how did they lose the ability to recognize what it takes? Because it's, it's because of the right now, um, the right now philosophy, the right now attitude is, is, is what I think it is, is that it's not that, God, we really need an offensive lineman. We got to fix that, but there isn't one available and what we could do to, to win, um, like the best thing that we could add right now is this safety or uh, this linebacker and it's it's yes uh, yes what do we need absolutely what what will make the biggest impact in this moment not what does the franchise need for the next four or five years what do we need right now right and that i believe is what's got them into so much trouble Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.